Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Today's episode of the Believe in Steelers show is brought to you by betonline.ag. This week, Marks the 2022 NFL draft. A lot you can wager on Thursday, Friday, Saturday. It's going to be a loaded draft. And that's what we're going to be talking about here on today's episode of the Believe in Steelers show. But if you want to place a bet on anything that happens in the NFL draft, betonline.ag is the place to do it. Hey, whatever sport, whatever time, just make sure y'all go to betonline.ag, open 24-7. It's very easy to get started. Head over to the website today or use your mobile device to join. Use our promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, to get your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. All right, cue the music. It's time to start the show. Welcome to the Believe in Steelers show on the Believe Network. I'm your host, Mark Bergen, joined as always by my guy, two-time Super Bowl champion and 12-year veteran of the Pittsburgh Steelers, number 24, Ike Taylor. IT, it is draft week. It is here. We get to talk about the top DBs on today's show. But we start with some Steelers news. And speaking of DBs, they re-signed safety Terrell, uh, Terrell Edmonds on a team-friendly right. deal. One year, $2.5 million. A very savvy move by the Steelers front office. They saved themselves some coin as well. I love this deal for both sides. Very team-friendly deal. One-year prove-it deal for Edmonds. But what was your reaction to hear that he will be back, the four-year starter for the Pittsburgh Steelers? Yeah, team friendly for the Pittsburgh Steelers. But if I'm uh, Edmonds, I'm mad as hell. And the reason why, man, that market, that free agency market, Mark, it lets you know how teams really feel about you. <laughs> that's, that's exactly what it does. If you think you're good and you hit that market and don't nobody really want to give you the money, then you try to get your uh, agent to say, man, uh, team's trying to overprice or you try to or teams ain't want to give you what you want. Nah. They don't, they don't like you like that. <laughs> but for the Pittsburgh Steelers, um, he just came back home. That's all it was. You know, they're familiar with him. He's familiar with Pittsburgh. He's familiar with the defense. He's familiar with the city. So, I mean, I guess he wanted to test the waters and see what he can get on the open market. But the open market wasn't open for him. Mark, but for the Pittsburgh Steelers, it just gives them enough depth at that safety position. And I still think they're going to draft the safety later on in the rounds. Yeah, I don't think as big a priority needs to be on the safety position for the Steelers, but Edmonds, who is the top pick in the 2018 draft for the team, has started 60 of 64 games in the past four years. He's only missed one game in the process. He's not a star player, but he is reliable. I think he played his best season in the 2021 season. He had 89 tackles, eight tackles for loss, two interceptions, six pass breakups. He had offers from the Dolphins and the Bengals, but he elects to stay with the Steelers. Now, Steelers, again, the reason I say it's a savvy move is if they would have picked up his fifth-year option, they would have owed Edmonds $6.75 million. They get him back at $2.5 million. So they save some money there. 
But Edmonds, if he continues to play well, like, look, every player is not going to be a star player, but he is right. reliable. I like the way he pairs with Minka Fitzpatrick. To me, this was a nice signing by the Steelers. It fills a hole. And now you can prioritize other needs that you have in this week's draft. Yeah, availability is the best ability. And that's one thing uh, you can say about Edmonds, regardless of how you feel about his play. Like, he's always available. So if you're always available, man, at least you're giving yourself a chance. At least you're uh, showing your team, your teammates, and your coaching staff, like, hey, man, if it's if I got to play 80 games, I'll probably make 79 out of the 80 games, and I like my percentage, you know? So he ain't doing nothing but just getting better to, to keep it 100, which I agree with you, what you first said. 2021 was his best season, but usually when it's payday season, people do play their best season when it's time to get that money. So we'll see what happens this year. Uh, Pittsburgh always have been savvy whether it's the front office, whether it's doing contracts, they didn't want to pay him that fifth-year deal. They let him go. They knew what it was on the market, and they brought him back for the dirt. <laughs> <laughs> no, Ike, you're right, because more than 4,000 snaps played. Uh, pick six, they had a graphic up of the safeties that allow – the lowest passer rating. Edmonds was fourth on that list behind Jordan Poyer, Quandre Diggs, and Jordan Whitehead. Edmonds was fourth. So again, a very reliable player, not a star player, maybe not what you'd expect from a first-round draft pick, but again, not every player is going to be a star. And at $2.5 million, 25 years old, tremendous value by the Steelers. We'll see what happens. And if he balls out in the 2022 season, maybe he does get that payday that he seeks next off season. So Ike, we're going to keep it in the DBs and I'm really excited to be talking to you about this today because this week is the draft. We get to talk about our top corners and safeties. We're going to talk about corners on tomorrow's show. We get to go through your mock draft as well, but this is the last position group. We're going to start with cornerbacks. And I was not surprised that you have the LSU kid, Derek Stingley Jr. As your top cornerback, I'd accuse you of some new Orleans homerism, but Stingley is regarded as, if not the very best corner, number two. I personally have Sauce Gardner at number one, but make the case, why is Derek Stingley Jr. your top cornerback in the 2022 NFL draft? He's your best all-around corner, uh, whether it's bump and run coverage, whether it's off, whether him just diagnosing formations, uh, down a distance, third and eight, second and ten. Um, but he has, the, he has the best ball skills out of anybody. You know, and, and they were saying if you if you just listen to what they were saying to LSU, if they really wanted to, man, they could have put him at wide receiver. He just so happened to play corner, you know. So and, and he did this coming in as a freshman. So when you come into LSU and LSU is known to be uh, DB, DB city, when you come in as a freshman and you start as a freshman and they say during the spring games that you're the best corner on the team, then you just show that you show that with your play. That's their stem. But he's just too smooth. He's smooth in and out his breaks. And when you look at a corner who can catch the ball, you kind of look at a, a corner who's a, a very good coverage guy, like, okay, can he tackle? That's exactly what he can do. So he's able to diagnose plays ASAP, ASAP them quick screens, um, the, the reverses, uh, quarterbacks getting loose, running backs trying to pop out to the outside, him shedding, taking on blocks. He does that, and we call that a want to. You know, when it comes down to tackling, you got to want to tackle for a cornerback, and that's what Derek Stingley does. So, for me, he just checked out everything. You know, he checked out all the boxes when it came down to it. So, for me, he's the best all-around corner. 
You know, usually a lot of guys panic when the ball is in the air. PBUs, they catch flags, they hold. He don't do none of that. You know, he turns around and he becomes the receiver. So what you preach uh, as a coach to your DBs, like, hey, when the ball is in the air, become a receiver. A lot of guys can't get their mind and wrap their mind around that. But Derek Stanley, man, when it came down, just, just to be able to do everything, whether he was bump and run, whether he was off, whether he was diagnosing plays, whether he was catching picks, whether he was making tackles behind the backfield, he could pretty much do it all. And he do it all without even – without even making them look hard, Mark. I wrote down a list of receivers who Stingley went up against in practice at LSU. Uh Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson, Terrace Marshall Jr. You're going up against the best of the best at the receiver position opposite you. That only has to bode well for Stingley. The word of warning I have is you said last segment we were talking about Edmonds, the best ability is availability. And he hasn't played much the last two seasons. And that's where I have a little bit of disruption of playing just seven games in the 2020 season. Now, remember, 2020 was a little bit shortened, but combination of COVID disruptions, non-COVID illness, leg injury. And then he played in just three games in the 2021 season, held without a pick, but it was because of a foot injury. So that's just kind of, uh, I don't know if I would say a caution flag, but Again, I would just like to see more of him because from what I've seen of Derek Stingley Jr., from a talent standpoint, I'm right there with you. He's a five-star prospect out of Baton Rouge coming into college. He was the third overall player in his class, the top-ranked corner in his class. So it's no surprise he's at the top of your board. At number two, though, Ike, go ahead. Go ahead, Ike. Hop in. No, what you what you see from Derek Stingley, you see the progression of what you want to see in guys. In three years, he did that his first year. So usually, usually he played like a senior. So he, he had the total package <laughs> as a freshman. So you like to see guys grow and develop, you know, from their freshman year to their junior, senior year. He did everything his freshman year. <laughs> That's what makes him so special. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it was uh, six interceptions, 15 passes defended as a true freshman when LSU won the national title. That 2019 Correct. team, Ike, one of the all – time great college great. football teams 100%. wasn't just joe burrow but joe burrow and company uh joe joe burrow of the lsu band because it's like every time the offense stepped on the field it seemed like every position group they had nfl talent at every level of both offense and defense and eric stingley jr was certainly a part of that no i agree at number two you've got trent mcduffie out of washington i We'll get to Sauce Gardner here in a second. I cannot believe Sauce Gardner is not in your top two, but you like McDuffie. four 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 and the 40. What else did you see from the Washington product? He's Honey Badger-like. When you popped in the tape of Trent McDuffie, he reminded me, I said, oh, man, he is Tyron Matthew all day, 2.0. Just all over the field, just a football player, just good instincts, just something, every, everything you look at it as a coach, so – you know, they, they say open field tackler. You got to stay up. You got to stay uh, up field, up shoulder, because if you get your head behind somebody, they can always break the tackle. You got to get your head across. He just played that all the time. You know, when it just came down to open space and, and catching picks and gambling, he was the hardest gambler I see. Usually guys are afraid to gamble because they always uh, second guess themselves. He didn't at all. If you watch Trent McDuff- uh, McDuffie and just see how he played over the course of the season, man. He just made plays. He made plays in the open field. He made plays reading reading routes. He made plays in the backfield. And when it came down to gambling and having the attitude, that's just what he did. Now, he's 5'11", some change, 
But man, I can take that all day because Tyron Matthew is not even even five eleven. Tyron is like five ten, maybe five nine. So when I watched Trent McDuffie, man, I just looked at the total package. Like he can pretty much do it all. He's a football player. You can put him. You can put him anywhere. You can put him at safety. You can put him at free safety, strong safety, slot corner, or corner lockout. Somebody on the outside. The same thing you can do with Tyron Matthew. When Tyron Matthew first came into the NFL, you can put him at corner. You can put him at slot. Now he didn't transfer himself into a free or a strong safety. And he's not that he's not that big in size, but he plays big. The reason why Tyron Matthew is will play so long in the NFL because he has a high IQ. Trent McDuffie will be the same way when it comes to it. And I always look at picks. We're gonna get down to sauce going uh, coming in at the third, but it's it's a difference between being the PBU guy and being the interception guy. And I explain that on my next I'll make one correction to something you just said as someone who considers himself a little general said five, nine, it's five, 10. If you're generous, if you're Tyron Matthew, five, 10, if you're generous is the key. He five, nine. Right, right, right. He five, nine. If you now, say he five, 10, five, nine. It doesn't surprise me about McDuffie with good ball skills, former high school receiver, Ike. So understands how to track passes in the air. One other thing, too, and this was a scouting report I read about McDuffie, which kind of cracked me up. This is a direct quote from one scouting report. says, his tape was pretty boring to watch. I'm not going to lie because opposing passers rarely threw to his side. So shut down the corner. Mark, I'm telling you, this, this, this dude, he reminds me of the honey badger. His attitude, the way he plays, he got a chip on his shoulder, but it's not any kind of cockiness. You can just tell he's super confident. And and for you to make plays and gamble and trust yourself and trust your instincts like how McDuffie does, that's why I had him at number two, man. You're gonna get a you gonna get a steal. And it's hard, it's hard to find a guy who can play in the slot and outside. Usually the guys we're talking about, they just use the outside guys, but when you can get a guy who can play multiple positions Man, I'm talking about Trent McDuffie right now. Yes, yes. Okay, let's go to number three, and this is where you have Sauce Gardner out of Cincinnati, 6'3", 190, a 4'4", in the 40, did not give up a touchdown pass in his college career. And this stat, which I absolutely love, passes thrown his way in coverage, generated a 31.8 passer rating, which means quarterback would be better off just throwing the ball into the ground on every play instead of throwing his way. Sauce Gardner's number three, but Ike, why was he lower on your list behind both LSU's Derek Stingley Jr. and Washington's Trent McDuffie? He didn't have enough interceptions, you know, and he he played his bump and run is his strength. He's the best bump and run corner in this NFL draft, in my mind. But you got to be able to play off because when teams look at you as a bump and run corner, you know what they do? They take their guys off the line and they put them in motion. So now they're trying to take the strength away from you. So how you're gonna how you gonna react and respond off coverage? And the reason why I had Trent and the reason why I had Stingley before Sauce because they displayed both on and off. They made plays both on and off. And this wasn't PBU City. This was Interception City for Trent McDuffie and Derek Stingley. So Sauce, yeah, he's always in position. But when it came down to the interceptions, he always wasn't making the interceptions. It was PBUs. Now you can't you can't say you can uh, come back at him and be like, you know what? When you're in bump and run coverage, man, it's hard to get PBUs because you're usually one on one, and it's hard to track the ball because your your back is turned towards the quarterback. 
So here go Trent McDuffie and Derek Stanley. They made that part look easy. You know, for 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 Sauce Garner, you can tell he's truly a truly a corner. For Trent McDuffie and Derek Stanley, they played receiver a lot in high school, and you can see the transition when the ball is in the air, they become ball hawks. So that's that's the difference, and that's why I had Sauce Garner at number at number three when it came down to my cornerbacks. But man, you just want to talk about a dog. If you're looking for a dog, if you're looking for a Jalen Ramsey kind of body, if you're looking for somebody who can play inside and out. Uh, for me, Sauce Garden, when it came down to these cornerbacks, he was the best blitz, and I see why. So when you're six three, damn near two hundred pounds, you close, you close, <laughs> you close speed real fast on your opponent, and that's what he did. So for me, man, I'm pretty tall. I was I was six two, but I wasn't a good blitz at all. For me, when I got close to the quarterback, I was like, oh man. For Sauce Garden, man, once he get to the quarterback, uh, he accelerates. But for Sauce, man, the reason why I had him at number three. I just thought those two guys, ball awareness. I thought I thought their ball awareness was a little bit better than Sauce. I thought it just was more natural uh, for Trent and Derek Stingley. Ike, this is where I'm going to push back a little bit and compliment you. I'll be your hype man. I'll carry your boom box. If we asked Mark Sanchez that same question, is Ike Taylor a That's good blitzer? Statement. I think he That's might say statement. otherwise. I think he might say That's otherwise. It. Hey, that's why you're my dog. That's exactly why you're my dog. Keeping it at Sauce Gardner, more than 1,000 coverage snaps, was targeted just 31 times in the 2021 season, allowed only eight catches for 60 yards all season long. That's impressive, bro. Now, I know he's playing in a non-Power 5 conference at Cincinnati, yeah. but they still made the college football playoff. Man-to-man coverage, man-press coverage specifically, 321 snaps for Gardner, most in the nation by far. So you talk about true bump-and-run lockdown cornerback. He's the and best. That is Sauce he's the best in the draft. Yeah. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Jalen Petrie at number four, Ike. He's out of Baylor, 5'11", 198, a 35-inch vertical jump, slim, wiry frame, but an explosive player. And Petrie was someone, Ike, where I thought you talk about lining up around the football field. You had him listed as a corner. I've seen him listed as a safety on some drafts. I think this is yet another player who has that versatility that you're talking about to play anywhere on the field. No, see, now this is this is Honey Badger cousin <laughs> as well. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because uh, the same stature, but he, like you say, he's pretty much Jalen Petrie, man. And we've been talking about, I think during the season, we was talking about uh, who they play, Oklahoma State in the bowl game, Mark. And oh, we is he was the player about, who made the tackle? Yeah, so we, we was talking about, I said, I said, I texted and I was like, Mark, they got two safeties. They're going to be playing, they're going to be playing the league soon, man. Like these, these, these players are NFL players. He's a Pittsburgh still all day. You know he's a he's a he's a Troy Polamalu, but he's 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 not Troy Polamalu, but very instinctive. Can play anywhere in the backfield, make plays twenty four seven. When you need a play to be made, Jalen Petrie will make the play. Now he's he's another one not that big in size, but he plays bigger than what he looks like. You know, Troy Troy's five ten and some change. Uh, we ain't even gonna talk about his size because he's mad at it, but that's just what he did. He's very instinctive, of course. He's in a Hall of Fame, but Jalen Petrie, the same thing, man. Jalen Petrie just pretty much did it all, whether it was off, whether it was on. He didn't. He didn't have a particular position. You can name, you can say he's a corner, but if you wanted to as well, Mark, you could say he's a safety 
two. So we can put him at safety or we can put him at corner. You know, the only thing, the only position he can't play on the defense is middle linebacker on the defensive line. But other than that, when you watch Jalen Petrie, man, Jalen Petrie played everywhere up in that secondary, whether it was in the slot, whether he played outside linebacker because he was the nickel, whether he played corner because the team's best receiver was on the outside, or whether he played, whether he played uh, safety because the be- they, the teams had the best tight end. He pretty much just did it all. But I like when he tackles. When he tackles, he's ball searching. He's just not tackling just to make the tackle and get up and say, man, I hit your heart. He's tackling to rip that ball off. So for me, man, he, he, he became one of the best ball searchers in this draft, Mark. Ike, it was his teammate, Jaron McVay, who made the game-winning okay. tackle in the bowl game against Oklahoma State. And so that was in the big, excuse me, it was the big 12 championship game. Right. That is right, what right, that right. game was. Yep. That was just a thrilling finish where it, you know, came down to the final play. The Oklahoma State quarterback tries to reach for the pylon. And that's where you yep. say, hey, game of inches. And so it was Correct. his teammate, Jerry McVay, also a safety who's very, very uh, just a talented player. And those guys were flying all over the football field. In that game, the Baylor secondary intercepted Oklahoma State's quarterback four times in that game. So talk about flying around the football field, and there you go. And that is Jalen Petrie out of Baylor. Let's keep this rolling, though, Ike. Andrew Booth Jr. out of Clemson is your number five cornerback. Again, another player who's gone up against NFL talent during his time at Clemson. That is only going to benefit him once he gets to the NFL. Uh, You want to talk about a guy who high points the ball. When he jumps up for the ball, whether he's either OBJing, coming down with the ball because he likes to catch the ball on one hand, or he's just jumping over everybody, you know, call him Superman. But, you know, Andrew Boo Jr., he was instinctive. I thought some sometimes when I watched him, he didn't trust himself all the time. But ball skills, that definitely wouldn't be a negative towards him because he definitely got ball skills. Him closing and wanting to tackle as well, him coming smooth in and out his breaks as well, Andrew Booth Jr., that was him. Like you said, man, he played He played in the division where he knew he was going to play, you know, potential NFL receivers. And all he did was show out. So, for me, he was the best guy in Clemson secondary. And I think that's saying a lot. And he played with a lot of swag. Uh, him playing bumper run coverage, he was a great bumper run coverage as well. Not as good as Sauce Garner. I don't think anybody is good as Sauce Garner. But I did like the fact, you know, for a tall corner, him being off and able to display and, and diagnosing and recognizing formations and making plays, you know, not only when you bumping, but when you're off the field, I mean, when you're playing off coverage as well. But, man, I, li- I like the fact that he's a good red zone guy. When I got down to his red zone, when I got down to teams not understanding his bump and run, what's his strength, let me get him off and see if he can diagnose these plays in the, on off. That's exactly what he did. He took the challenge. So, for me, Andrew Booth, man, he he's, he's a heck of an athlete. I just want him to start diagnosing plays when he's off faster and being more instinctive. Three picks, five passes defensed in 2021, and Clemson had a down year. So, I like that he still put up production considering most right. seasons Clemson has a dominant defensive line. And it's like, all right, who's going in the first round on our D-line this year? Clemson didn't have that this past season and Booth still put up production. So I like to see that Ike for how he projects at the next level, considering again, Clemson's defensive line is usually, if not the very best among the best in all of college football, they didn't have that this past season. Booth still showed out. So that's why 
Some team will draft him in the draft. I you have a few honorable mentions we need to get to. Kair Elam out of Florida was one of them that right. you had. 6'2", 191. What would you see from Elam at the cornerback position for the Gators? Big body. Um, it, it, the top end speed just wasn't there for me. You know, everything, pretty much all his plays, everything was in front of him. You know, I wanted to see him get stressed out. And what I mean by stressed out, uh, a receiver might be a couple of, a couple of yards in front of you, you not panicking and making plays. So that's all it was for me. But he's an athlete. Whatever team he goes to, uh, they're going to develop him into an Ike Taylor and probably better than an Ike Taylor. But I don't know about that one. I'm just playing. But, yeah, this 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 Elam, man, he just he kind of reminded me of me. You know what I'm saying? He just he bought, he bought everything to the table. Um, very physical. And when I was coming out of college, I was physical as well with Elam. For sure, man. He's a physical cornerback. It's just diagnosing plays. I think give him a year or two. We'll be talking about Elam for a long time. But when it comes down to everything you're looking for, size, height, and speed, I think he does have to work on his speed a little bit. And for me, that's him kind of dropping weight. I think guys, uh, I think guys, you know, when they get when they get to the pro days and they let the agents talk to them, they figure they got to be big. Then when they get to the NFL, they understand like, dang, the NFL is moving real fast. I don't need to be that big. I just need to be strong. And I I need to be able to use my quick twitch muscles. So you know, Elam for me, man, he he just he just showed me everything these other guys showed me. It just wasn't at the consistent level as everybody else. He wasn't doing that consistently. But when you give him one two years, I think he's going to be very productive in the NFL. Three year contributor at Florida, five picks, twenty pass deflections, and two and a half tackles for his career with the Gators. One other player I want to mention too, Ek, before we get to the safeties, Kyler Gordon uh-huh. out of Washington as well. Another cornerback that I had as an honorable mention on my list. So all right, those guys right, will right. get picked at some point in this year's draft, Ike. And so it's always hard to project. We usually get to five and then get to a few honorable mentions. But let's continue and let's go to the safety position now. And Kyle Hamilton out of Notre Dame is your number one. No surprise there. 6'4", right. 220. Some people might see the four, five, nine, and the 40, but I look at the 38 inch vertical, the 10 foot, 11 inch broad jump. So he is explosive in short spaces. It's like having a linebacker at the safety position. And given his size, he's able to guard bigger receivers in tight ends down the field. Ike, it's no surprise that he had a college basketball scholarship before he ever even received a football scholarship. I love his physicality, I love his size. This is why you have him as your top safety. I think he is being undervalued overall in the 2022 draft. I just don't understand why he's not getting more consideration to go earlier in the draft than he is. That's Kyle Hamilton out of Notre Dame. For me, he's a top five pick. If you don't go in the top five, something wrong. You know, I think after Kyle Hamilton, is just a drop-off when it comes down to the safety position. That's how good Kyle I'm Hamilton. with you. I'm with you. You know, so 6'4", 226, 220, 6'4". So picture you seeing somebody on the football field who's 6'4". You usually think about an offense or a defense alignment. No, that's a safety. <laughs> and he's coming downhill, and he's coming downhill with bad intentions. And he can also pick the ball off because he's a ball hawk. He can play around the line of scrimmage. He can play away from the line of scrimmage. He can play free safety. He got range. And he don't mind coming downhill and blitzing and and, and putting a little snot out your nose. So safe on how hard he is. <laughs> <laughs> but Kyle, but Kyle, 
Kyle Hamilton, man, he just I, I, I promise you, man, it's I'm not gonna say it's gonna be it's not gonna be hard talking about other safeties in this draft, but by far he he just might be the only, the only first round safety going into this draft. That's just how special this kid is. I watched the uh, Florida State game. I saw the fir- first Florida State game when they played Florida State. He was all over the place. He damn near won that game on his own. I think he had two interceptions. He wound up dropping another one. Then I think he for- had a forced fumble. So, but he's just been like that throughout the whole course of his career. And what, what shocked me, usually guys who are that big, Mark, who are that tall, they're not very good open field tacklers because they really don't know how to break down and tackle. For him, he don't break down. What he understands is the closer he gets to his uh, ball carriers, the more he accelerates, the faster he accelerates. So he just closed the air or he, t- he takes the air out the balloon, we, we like to call it. So that's one of Coach LeBeau. Coach LeBeau used to always say, man, the, the closer you get to a defender, don't break down because when you break down, you're giving him a two-way go. The closer you get to him, the faster you accelerate. And it wind up working out perfect. The same thing with Kyle Hamilton, man. Once he's in open space, man, and you know guys, little shifty guys, you got a guy who's 6'4", you might got a running back who might be 5'9", five, 5'10". Five, you, you like that one-on-one battle if you're an offensive coordinator. Nah, Kyle Hamilton is winning them battles more than often. So he, he was just totally different for me, man. I think he's just a special, a special safety. I think, man, when it comes down, he's a top five pick, and we shall see coming up on third. Yes. The only caution I would have was he had a season-ending knee injury, and so maybe you have a little bit of trepidation there, but he was on Bruce Feldman's freaks list, Ike, and at least when he was in college at Notre Dame, here's what he tracked. So he had a 38-inch vertical at the combine. He's been measured at 41 41 inches. His broad jump was 10 foot 11 inches. Like, that's insane. And then while he was playing, he was tracked on a GPS as running 21 miles per hour. So people say the four, five, nine and the 40, once he gets moving, like I'm not so much as concerned about that. And he played deep middle of the field as a safety, played the two deep, played down in the box. He can play anywhere. And so that's why he can do both. Sometimes you have safeties where it's like, okay, he's just your center fielder. He's just your deep safety or, oh, he's right. just going to play down in the, in the box, uh, you know, say an eight-man front with the linebackers. He can do it all. Let's keep this rolling, though. Brian Cook out of Cincinnati is your number two safety, 6'1", 206. Oh. oh. Hop in, Ike. Oh. Hop in, Ike. He's a stiller. He's a, he's a Pittsburgh stiller. He's an alpha. He's a thumper. He's a tone setter. He catch picks when he needs to, but what he likes to do, he likes to fill in the lane with bad intentions. So he want all the one-on-one action. And with the one-on-one action that comes with a two-piece, let a guard pull for a running back, he's blowing the guard and a running back up. Let a tight end or running back try to chip him, he's blowing a tight end and a running back up. Give him an inch, he's taking eight miles. He's very disrespectful when it comes down to hitting you on the field. As soon as I saw Cook, I said, oh, Lord, he's a Pittsburgh Steeler baby all day. You know, that's just his intensity. That's just his old school brand of football. You know, that's just his, oh, a referee could have kicked him out of the game because it was helmet to helmet. So he's always borderline when he comes downhill. 
you know, your referee out like, ah, you know what, I'm going to hold this flag on this one. But it was just the excitement, man. You can just see an alpha pop out the tape if you're an alpha. And that's exactly what he bought to the Cincinnati, to Cincinnati, man. These guys, these guys, that secondary between Sauce and him, Sauce locked down, locked down the outside. But Cook, Cook was the banger. He was the thumper. He was the open field tackle. You could just tell they rallied around on the offensive side as well, Mark. You could just tell they 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 rallied around his presence on the field, and them don't come around often. But for me, in my mind, he's best. He's definitely a Pittsburgh still. I know college stats don't always translate to the NFL, like, but here's how good Cincinnati's secondary was in the 2021 season. They ranked number one in the country against pass efficiency defense, number two in passing yards allowed, number three in interceptions, number four in opponent completion percentage. So this was a dominant secondary. I remember Cook because he intercepted the Heisman Trophy winner, Bryce Young, in the college football semifinal game, the college football playoff. And intercepting the guy who's probably going to be, okay, maybe not the top overall pick, but a top five, top ten pick in next year's draft. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. And again, I know that Cincinnati's a non-power five team, but I look at the dominance that they had in the secondary. Again, Cook's part of that, along with Sauce Gardner. If those are two, I mean, they're going to be two NFL contributors immediately. Gardner's going to be a starter from day one. We'll see about Cook. But two NFL players in your secondary at the college level? (sighs) That's yeah. that's saying that's saying a lot. You ain't really you're you cooking really with gas. You you doing more to cook on gas. That's that nitro on top of it too. All right, Georgia's Lewis sign is number three. Ike six two one ninety nine a four three seven in the forty. So he's one of these safeties who's not quite as big as you could get at the Correct. safety position. Correct. You talk about Correct. flying around the football field. Thirty six and a half inch vertical. And he had like the longest broad jump of any prospect we've talked about of any prospect in the 2022 draft, 11 feet, one inches in the broad jump. Ike. like the world record, I think is like 12 feet, six inches. So you say you can jump 11 feet. You can just fly around the football field. And that's what I saw from sign. That's what I noticed on tape as well. Athletically, just a speed demon and an absolute freak when it comes to flying to the football. Yeah, you, you you get him with a good defensive coordinator and let him use his athletic ability, it's gonna be a wrap. You know, you, you can't you can't give too much to Lewis Sign. And and what I mean by that is some some guys you just gotta let the athleticism just take over because they're superior in that part. And that's exactly what Georgia did. Georgia just had just had a bunch of athletes when it came down to that defensive side and sign was one of them. So my, the thing about him, what I did like was what you were talking about. It was the closing speed, Mark. I'm talking about he was running past people to make the tackle. <laughs> you, know, you know what I'm saying? Whether it was a linebacker, whether it was another one of his safety, whether it was a cornerback. I don't care if he was five yards closer than side. Side was coming. He was coming not only with bad intentions, he was coming and he was beating you to the punch. The only thing I, the only thing I would have a question mark on him Mark would be his size. You know, he he looks more like a corner. And if you thought he played offense, he looks more like a uh, a wide receiver than a safety body. But I've seen this before. And he went to Georgia as well. 
When you looked at Hans Ward and you looked at how he was built, you was like, he's not a receiver. Until you put that helmet and that shoulder pads on and then he starts smiling at you and knocking you out, you're like, oh, yeah, he's a heck of a football player. And this is Lewis' uh, sign right now, man. He's just a heck of a football player. But I still think he kind of needs to develop because when it came down to making plays and catching interceptions, he was more of a PBU guy. And he, he, he liked things to be in front of him as well. Instead of tracking the ball down when it's in the air, he likes to see everything. So he, he feels comfortable that way. So he's another one of these prospects where he has to get comfortable feeling uncomfortable when it comes down to the ball skills. Ike, I like how you compared Sign to another former Georgia Bulldog, your former right. teammate, someone we've had here on the Believe It's Steeler show, Heinz Ward. Then number two, I like the comparison to an offensive player. Like, well done, Ike. Well done. That That's rare. It, 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 for me, it's just his, his body type. You know, when you see him, he, he's linky. And he, he's, he's linky and skinny. You would think he, he's a basketball player, but he just so happened to be a bona fide football safety. Okay, Jaquan Brisker out of Penn State checks in as the number four safety, four four nine in the 40, a 34-and-a-half-inch vertical jump. Brisker was the team captain for Penn State, and this is a common theme on a lot of the defensive backs we're talking about today, but yet another player who lined up all over the field in single high looks, in two high looks, down in the slot, up in the box, everywhere. It's like rinse and repeat, Brisker, no exception for today. The versatility, Ike, is yet again something we're highlighting with one of the defensive backs that we're talking about today. Yeah, he's best around the line. You know, when I watched him, I thought at his best, he was around the line of scrimmage. You know, filling in the lanes, uh, blitzing. He's a heck of a blitzer. Um, He might be a slot corner in the NFL. You know, leaving him on the outside is not – um, why I think it's one of his trends. But for me, man, Brisker always had the attitude to be a team captain, man. You got to go by the book. You got to do well in school. You got to do well on the field. You got to be on time all the time. And you just got to have to be a natural leader. And for, for him, you can just tell that kind of comes out on tape. You can just tell how his team rallies to him. You can just tell watching the tape, who, when something happens throughout the game, who the coaches go to, they go straight to Brisker on the defensive side and try to ask his thoughts and see what he sees or what, whatever they think he needs to do. His teammates talk to him all the time on adjustments and what they need to do. So when you look at that, man, and when we try to talk about on the show, the sideline tells you everything. And the sideline for me, when it came down to Jaquan Brisker, man, they, it really did show why he was the team leader. It's just a few things I think he needs to work on, but keeping him in the box, I think it's just his strength. Okay. I can, again, all over the field, in his time at Penn State, pleaded 34 games, 153 tackles, nine and a half tackles for loss, five picks, 14 pass deflections. He was AP second team All-American this past season in 2021. So that's Brisker out of Penn State. Your last safety at number five, before we get to a few honorable mentions, that is Nick Cross out of Maryland, a four, three, four in the 40, 10 foot, 10 inch broad jump as well. Uh, again, all over the field, was an all-Big Ten conference pick for three seasons at Maryland. And Ike, he's an example of a player. I always like the players who succeed and do well on teams that are not as talented and they don't reap the benefits of playing with other talented teammates who are also NFL-bound. 
Cross was still able to make plays for the Maryland Terps these past few seasons. Yeah, he's a true free safety. And I, I see why he had that kind of range, running a full, a full three and some change. You throw the ball up and you put too much air underneath that ball, Nick Cross going to get it. That's just, for me, when I saw Nick Cross, I thought of Earl Thomas from the Legion of Doom. A guy who sits back there, who can play that free safety. I wish you would throw the ball too too far, too short, or just put some air on it. I'm definitely going to pick that ball off. And that's that's point blank, period. That's what he reminded me of, of Earl Thomas. That's, that's very, very high praise. Ike, let's get to at least one honorable mention. And Kirby Joseph out of Illinois is who you had here, 6'1", 203. 38 and a half inch vertical, 10 foot, three inch broad jump, 18 bench press reps, free safety and went to Illinois. I was not surprised you include Joseph in because I looked, okay, where's Joseph from Orlando, which is right where you are, Ike. So a little bit of favoritism, a little bit of homerism, but what do you see from Joseph Ike? Because this sounds like a player maybe that you have some hands-on experience with. The floor is yours. No, no I don't, but that's crazy. You said that. Uh, never met him. I just like what I saw on tape. Um, I think he's another project, but here's another guy who plays with an attitude. Um, but coming from Illinois, man, you, you, you like these guys coming from cold weather cities, especially at this, uh, at this safety position, because when they get cold, man, when you got to hit a big back, that, that thump feel a little bit different. You know, it bring a, it bring a little tingling in, in, inside you. And so for me, when I look at safeties, man, just, just think about it, Mark. Cincinnati, cold weather, thumper. Uh, Notre Dame, cold weather, thumper. Uh, Kirby, cold weather, thumper. So a lot of your good safeties are coming from where, Mark? They're coming from cold weather cities. <laughs> and this is what I be trying to get people to understand. So but, but for Kirby, man, Kirby Joseph, I just had to put him in there, man. I think he, I think he has a few things to work on. For me, he's another in-the-box kind of safety, like a brisker coming from Penn State. Um, give him two or three years, time to tell. But, you know, he's another one of those guys who just had the natural instincts. He just kind of had the green light at Illinois. You know, Coach let him just pretty much not so say do what he want, but, hey, man, I can't take your instincts away from me. I tell my son this all the time. Like, my son makes so many plays on the field, even though I want him to be in a certain situation, he'll come back and explain something. I'm like, oh, okay, I get it. I can't take the instincts. The same way with Kirby. Kirby was just so instinctive. At Illinois, Mark. All right, Ike, that's our top safeties, our top corners. And on Tuesday's show, so we're going to record a day early so we can get right. your mock draft out there so people can enjoy that in advance of Thursday, which is when the first round of the 2022 draft starts. The Steelers have the number 20th overall pick, Ike, and so we're going to be breaking that down here who they selected the first round, second round, so forth. We're going to have full analysis here on the Believe in Steelers show, but I'm really excited to go over the mock draft with you. And then when we did this last year, people thought you were absolutely nuts. You hit the nail on the head with Trey Lance going number three to the 49ers a year ago. So Ike Taylor thinks outside of the box, but there's a reason why Psychic Ike Taylor consistently makes appearances here on the Believe in Steelers show. Really excited for tomorrow's recording of our mock draft. Hey, I can't wait, bro. I can't wait. You know, this this our time right here, bro. So we we definitely we definitely gonna get some kudos and some points on this one. 
I'm excited too, Ike, because like I'm almost relieved of my duties. I've watched a ton of tape on YouTube as well. So thank you to the people who put that out there too, because it helps with the analysis. And again, the college stats don't always translate to the pro level. Sure. Ike, there are a lot of thanks in order for today's show. I want to thank you. You're the absolute best as a co-host here on the Believe in Steelers show. I want to thank the Believe Network for pairing us together. Check out some of their other shows as well. We're going to have you covered for the 2022 draft. Also, our producers over at Brinks TV, led by John Brinkus, Courtney Vargas, Herbert Diaz, and Lucy Odin. Thank you to the crew over at Brinks. Today's sponsor of the Believe in Steelers show is betonline.ag. Again, if you have a bet to place for the 2022 draft, betonline.ag is the place to do it. And I want to thank the listeners and the viewers of the Believe in Steelers show. Really excited here. Again, we are just days away from the 2022 draft, so like, this being draft week, I, it's one of my favorite days of the year. I cannot wait for Thursday night. I cannot wait as well. You know, so let's let's get this ball moving, man. I want to thank Mark. Got to thank BetOnline.ag, Believe Network, uh, Miss Courtney and her team at Brinks TV. Uh, just want to thank everybody, man. Thank everybody for listening. Make sure y'all give us a five piece of five star for the reviews and ratings. For Ike Taylor, I'm Mark Bergen. Thank you for watching the Believe in Steelers show. We'll see you tomorrow with our mock draft. Until then, take care. Have a great Monday. Take care and so long, everybody. Peace. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger. Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.